Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Venom R1 Business University. I'm your host. I want to thank you guys for for tuning in once again. Um, the last episode was probably one of my favorites, just because I I broke down completely how I would like you know structure my deals and stuff like that. Um, I just finished watching the Aaron Hernandez uh, documentary series, and I'm watching the the series on Netflix called Quarterback. Uh, my son plays football, so it is a, a subject that I'm learning more from as a father. You know, it's different when I played when I was younger. But um, I'm looking into real estate in the state of Texas. Um, Texas has a lot of really, really good deals. And I'm looking for new construction homes. And I kind of have an idea how much I want to spend or how much I want to invest. But um, I put a budget that I think is a decent amount for me to test the real estate market. But, um, you know, I invite you all here so that we can kind of have a gathering of the minds, right? As far as uh, anything else, you know, anything else in life that we can kind of put our, our brains together. And um, there's a lot of things that I'm processing, so just bear with me a little bit. I've been shopping for some cars online to kind of keep up with the markets. I think I'm going to go build me a few cars in the configurators that you can see um, online, basically. But, um, you know, just kind of want to welcome you guys and let's get right into it. So let's see what we find here. A lot of land here, a lot of land for sale. So, you know, anytime that I'm faced with day-to-day challenges, I try to go to Greatness Mountain. Greatness Mountain is where you're going to find your Kobe Bryant's and your Michael Jordan's and anyone that I associate with greatness. And there are always uh, like valuable lessons to be learned from a lot of these uh, personalities, you know, people that we model ourselves after. And um, things of that nature, you know. For me, it's very humbling to be in the situation that I'm in because now when I look in the mirror, I remind myself I have a catalog of 5,000 plus songs. And it grows every single day. And it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to be able to look at some property and know that I could just... um, write a check and buy the property and I could look at a car and do the same thing. And I only 
imagine what it's going to do for my family. You know, as far as like giving them the, the best possible opportunity at a good future. So every decision is crucial. You know, my kids are off into college, um, except my youngest. And um, my two youngest kids are college bound, but they're still in the in the high school phase. And um, after that, my plans are really to just travel with my wife and enjoy the world, you know. And that's what I'm really preparing myself for. There's a lot of different ways to look at things. And I had a conversation with one of my business partners, and we might as well start there. So, um, obviously, you know, I want to produce the money that I want to invest before I think about how I'm going to spend it. So, um, using different strategies, I basically look into, you know, into things such as the five different venues, you know, or avenues for me to negotiate my catalog. And one of those methods is to seek out, like, either representation or management. So I go online, I start looking at, for example, different talent agencies and different managers that have an understanding or a background in uh, music, so I reached out to some some pretty big people, um, such as Miss Debbie, which is uh, the artist Waka Flaka Flame's mother. You know, I reached out to Gary V. I reached out to Patrick Bad David at Valuetainment. I reached out to Casey Graham, um, just to to name a few. But I looked into a few other potential. Um, you know, a few other potential people that could represent me and what I'm trying to accomplish. So in the process, I realized that it's a pay-to-play system, right? They want X amount of dollars just to sit down and consider the opportunity, even though I know my value and my worth. So I said, okay, let me let me see if I could take a different approach. So then beyond that, I I pretty much... So, basically, what I realized is that all these structures have a pay-to-play option. This is not the same as, let's say, a social media has a promotion and marketing um, breakdown. This is more like, because I understand business... I understand their business model. So I'll give you an example. I took a pause after I reached out to these people. And what I essentially did was decide to maybe reach out to an incubator, a company that helps you get seed capital for you to get funded, you know, for some type of business ventures, right? For example, how they do like in Simi Valley with Uber, Lyft, etc. Now, when I come across this company, they quickly let me know 
that they only basically they only finance initially up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, now let's pause right here. $150,000 is not a significant amount of money. In some situations and circumstances, it may be. But it's not anything that is outside of the reach for any entrepreneur to put together in a very short amount of time, maybe two or three years. So somebody that makes, you know, seventy-five, eighty thousand 80000 a year can easily put that money together in two or three years. Now, granted, every business is different, right? So when you think about, let's say, venture capital, right? The time to put it together, realistically, is between five and nine months. So that's already one year, give and take, with variables of, let's say, for example, um, the time frame that you would need. As a wild card, I can give you an example of a young lady on the West Coast that wanted to become my business partner. The reason why we didn't do business is because a third investor would be coming in, not doing any other work, and would only put up the money. So not only would we have to build the business, we would have to manage the, the actual investment, right? And be responsible for it. To the point where this person is only expecting a dividend every X amount of time. So I said, well, if that was the case, I would give this person the money and let them handle the investment, right? And let me stay at home and chill on the beach, right? So my proposition to this young lady was, why don't we build together a structure? Let's form a corporation. Me and you can work hard for the next 24 months. And we'll have the money that we need and we'll have money to survive for another two or three years. Because the the rental rate of the property that we were trying to get was not that much. So it was about average, maybe a little bit below average at the time, right? So back to this uh, brokerage firm, this is what they do. They triple down on that 150000 So if they like the idea, they can finance up to 150000 if for whatever reason there's some type of uh, limitation, what they do is they can guarantee an additional 450000 So it's unclear if 450000 is added to the original 150000 or if it's just an additional 300000 to to the 450000 which will be the total. I mean, let me rephrase that. It would be an additional three hundred thousand to the initial hundred and fifty grand. Mind you, the average investment is between fifty and seventy-five thousand, and the only advantage is that they can get you funded in three to four months. Okay, so in a process of about sixteen weeks, which is technically close to half of what it would be to go to a real brokerage firm that that goes through a different process. Now, they do have advantages. They help you get through the process. And it's a one-time fee of $5,000. If they don't get you funded, then they continue to help you throughout the process to get all the legalities and structures out of the way so that 
another additional investor could come in. Now, regardless of what they're able to secure, automatically they come in for 8% of the investment. So you have to pay $5,000. If they can't get you funded in three, four months, they'll help you until the next round of funding, which they do it every three or four months. And whenever you do get funded, they'll put up an additional 300000 in exchange for 8% of the company. Okay? If the investment requires more money, then supposedly, allegedly, they have this network of high net worth individuals that would follow their investment. Meaning if they put up the initial money and all the goals are met, then a person could easily get more funding. Now, it doesn't take rocket science to understand how this works. If every three or four months, I go and I set up a casting net of X amount of of investors, right? And they each pay me $5,000, Each one of them pays me $5,000. I can easily fund any investment that I'm interested in for that cycle. Because, okay, let's say I have a pool of uh, 1,000 people. And they put up five grand. That's $5 million I have to invest. If they get 100 people to put up $5,000... That's still half a million dollars. This is just to give you an example. Remember, they do this three, four times a year. So their entire investment or pool is $2 million or more every quarter. So we don't have to like it. We don't have to agree. I just kind of choose not to be involved because it already sounds like a red flag to me. So there's one of my advisors that charges $200 an hour to talk on the phone. There's a a A&R firm that charges $200 per submission. Mind you, companies like Taxi charge me less than five, maybe $10 per submission once you pay for their membership. So there's no type of uh, difference in, in, in their structure. All of these established representatives are generating a passive income by building these shell companies that charge you a fee to have a conversation with them. But that's not their only business model. These people are coming in for anywhere from 8 to 15% to 45% of a deal that they can close. That is highway robbery, especially in the music industry. Because why, if I'm the artist that owns the company and owns all the rights to my catalog with 5,000 plus songs, why would I give you 15% ownership of my company or my catalog? 15% of my catalog, we're talking... 500, about 750 songs. That's a significant amount of music from my entire catalog. Do you think Michael Jackson or Prince would negotiate 750 records? I don't think so. 
So I kind of wanted to bring that into the palette, right? Bring it to you guys' attention. Give me one second. I have to sneeze. Jesus Christ. So when you think about it, it should send a warning flag to you. Because I'll give you another example. When it comes to the industry, I have my reservations for the industry. In the sense that I don't play by their rules and I don't play their game. You see, if I'm ever encountered with the politics of the music industry, I focus on the music business because I can easily go on tour with my music and never have to be part of the corporate structure at all. My catalog can generate money even though it's limited to live performances. That's all the income that I need to get everything else taken care of. So it's not enticing to me to look at 150000 or even 600000 Even a few million dollars still doesn't put me in a category where I would entertain any of their offers. If we're not talking over $80 million, $90 million, it's not even worth my time. Now, in the last podcast, I explained the reason why. So you guys already have the evaluation of the actual um, of the actual catalog. So there's another record above the many that I've broken or established for crowdfunding. Let's say through a Kickstarter and a GoFundMe, right? What it comes down to is that the record for being funded for a musician is a little over a million dollars. So I can do that on my own. The broker's firm said that there would have to be a massive campaign for marketing to secure this crowdfunding venture. When the reality is, is that this is my entire selling point. I have this catalog and I'm going to go on tour with this music. And I'm going to raise this money to break this record and then use that capital to launch the tour. In other words, the consumers, just like when they purchase an NFT, they're investing in my career now. And obviously, I would pay them in dividends as far as whoever sponsors would get unique NFTs for the crowdfunding effort. So again, even attempting to get the record, because understand that in order for you to get funded from, let's say, a Kickstarter, you have to hit the goal down to a penny. If you miss the goal, there is no funding. Now... Not only do I want to pursue this this approach, this avenue, right, crowdfunding, but it has to be done in this organic way in order for the record to be broken and established for further future generations. So that's kind of what I wanted to express to all of you because that's the position that I'm in. So let's go further into detail. By the grace of God, I'm, I was able to negotiate a new business venture. And of course, I'll keep you guys posted on how it develops. But overseas, in just one 
country, in one nation, I have 500 potential events. Now, from the time that these events were negotiated, about eight or nine months have passed. You know, the, these events are promoted well into the future, maybe two or three months. So, for example, whatever's promoted now would be for the fourth quarter, which is October, November, December. It's a really high peak time, right, for music overseas. So, I'm now in a position where it's more of a privilege for me to secure as many of these potential venues that have been pre-negotiated now. Now, do I feel that I may need to do the 500 shows or do I want to take the option of doing less shows in more concentrated markets and then using that capital to go to other countries and perform the catalog? Remember, I'm launching a worldwide tour. So there's many different strategies you can use. For example, I can go to my markets where I know that I'm strong and do those markets first and then develop surrounding markets. All these decisions will be made in the next few weeks. But the reason why I mention this is because most of the venture capital that could be available to me, I will be able to generate on my own. And that is my focus as of right now, is to do everything by myself, under my circumstances. And part of the research that I'm doing now is geared towards that. For the simple fact that I see the full benefit, I see the potential in, in doing exactly that. Meaning, there's so many opportunities that basically can be exploited if you understand, you know, if you understand the dynamic of what you're trying to do. And I don't think that any of those elements are explained properly. So I just kind of wanted to, to bring that to everyone's attention because, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, like, for example, I'm looking at real estate, but the only key word, which should be a, a, a tab, let's say, on, on Zillow, it should be all new construction. That's the only thing that I'm interested in. There should be a category for people that are just interested in all new construction. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see we got one here this will be an example so 200,000 and the home is pretty nice we're going to check it out so what I want to explore with all of you is how these decisions are made throughout this process meaning this is what's going to determine what I'm going to do in the, the remainder of the time for this year. Because, for example, by the ending of this year, beginning of next year, I have another investment that's going to mature. So that's going to provide additional income. So now my challenge is, knowing that that investment is going to mature, how am I going to handle this current investment? 
to plan for my future. So, ladies and gentlemen, this will be a podcast mini for today. I got to get back to work, but I didn't want to lose the the core concept and the idea, and I wanted to share that with you all. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Venom R1 Business University. I'm your host. May you have a wonderful day today. May you conquer everything in your path, and may everything that you touch turn into solid gold. Always remember to dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me, and I know for a fact it's going to happen to you. I love you guys so much, and I'll see you on the next one.